Hey everyone, this is Natalie, and this is episode 6 of Not Another Wellness Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Today we're going to talk about nutrition, and we're going to talk about typical diets that just don't work for people, such as cutting out an entire food group from your diet, and how that might work short term but doesn't work long term, or having crazy cheat meal weekends and being really strict during the week and not getting the results you want. If any of these sound familiar to you, I have a fourth option. It's called counting your macros. And macros are macronutrients, and I'm going to let Georgette tell us because she's the expert. But macronutrients are carbohydrates, fats, and protein. And basically, based on your lifestyle and your activity level, whether you're an athlete, crossfitter, marathon runner, these levels are different. If you sit down all day at your office versus working on your feet, running around, moving things around all day, it's going to be different for you. And there's no one diet plan that's going to fit everyone the same. Georgette is a CrossFit coach at Dynamic Athletics in Darien, Connecticut. She also is a food writer. She's always writing reviews on food and different restaurants. And she started this company called Fuel Your Fitness Nutrition. And it's really taken off in the last a little over a year since she started it. So I'll let her tell you more about it. But yeah, so here we go. episode is going to be about nutrition and I'm sitting here with Georgette Neighbor from Fuel Your Fitness Nutrition and we're going to talk, we're going to start this talk by talking about the three main reasons why diets don't work for people. So Georgette, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, of course. So yeah, you were talking, we were talking a little before we started recording. Um, why don't diets work for people? What are some common reasons why they fail? Um, one of the most common ones is just Um, restriction and avoidance so people will kind of go and like kind of one of the most popular ones now is like I'm just gonna eat no carb um and that's great and like it works um it doesn't work if you are like a performance athlete or trying to do better at your sport um but if you want to lose weight typically cutting out carbs will work because you're cutting out an entire food group um but what happens is just like naturally there's going to be a birthday party or um you're gonna go out to eat with your significant other and there's gonna be bread there and you're gonna have a little bite of that bread and then it always leads into sort of like a binging cycle so like if you're one of those people that can can honestly say to yourself like hey i'm never gonna have a piece of chocolate ever again in my life um that's great i probably don't believe you <laughs> yeah, um but yeah so like that's the thing like you just can't like cut out entire food groups and expect to do that for the rest of your life yeah. if you can um if you have like an allergy or some sort of food sensitivity that totally makes sense um but yeah, like just depriving yourself of things that you love is only going to work for a certain set amount of time. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's more of a quick kind of jump start. If you want to cut out a bunch of things to lose weight fast, that might be a way to start, but not something right. that you could necessarily maintain. Right. Maybe not everyone. Right. And then like yeah. typically what happens with those people is it doesn't happen gradually. They don't say like, hey, I'm going to add in like one slice of bread. You know, it's, there's there's almost kind of like a an emotional attachment that we have to food. So you're not going to have like one Oreo. You're going to be like knees deep in like (laughs) three packages, you know, it's just, it it doesn't happen that way. And then that leads to a whole cycle of like feeling guilty and then binging and then restricting yourself and then feeling guilty and binging. Like it it all just kind of, um, it's almost like a sick cycle. And that's like kind of where the term like yo-yo dieting comes from. Okay. Because you just go back and forth from being all these rules and then kind of falling off. 
Exactly right. I can definitely relate to that because I've done that kind of thing before. Yeah. Um, so what's we all reason, have. Oh, yeah. 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 What's reason number two? One of the very common reasons is inconsistency. So you'll have a lot of people, um, and this is like very popular in like the bodybuilding world where like Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, they'll be like super, super clean and they'll just eat like chicken breast and broccoli, a little bit of rice or sweet potatoes, but then they have like the cheat meal, you know, the quote unquote cheat meal. People like don't realize that you can like gain eight pounds in a day. Like if you have like a cheat day and you're like scarfing down like entire pizzas (laughs) and like Burger King and whatever else, like you can absolutely gain all the weight that you lost over the week back. And like you're still like kind of back into this cycle. Wow. So it's like, it's just, yeah. Because I think that's so common. Weekend, weekdays are really easy for people to be on a routine. And Mm -hmm. then the weekends come and it's like impossible to keep the same level of everything exactly right and that's why you just have to take like a little bit more of a flexible approach right so like if you have like a half cookie like during the week if that's gonna help you not like just like fiend for a cheat meal by sunday then like do it like you're you're much better off long term Mm -hmm. than to like and even like for health reasons just like thinking about like the amount of junk that you can eat in a day it's wild yeah and that one dinner that dinner party or that like event where you're just grazing constantly exactly and your body like feels bad when you do that it it, it responds the way you know it's like taking all that sugar and it just doesn't know what to do with it especially if you're not doing that every day yeah like if you if you talk to anyone who like has um I don't know, like a a small bag of potato chips a day. It's very likely that their stomach and their like biofeedback, like everything that, you know, their energy levels and stuff are much more stable and much better than like the person who's like so great six days a week and then just like... Has a terrible day. Exactly. That's so... I wouldn't think that. That's so interesting here. Yeah. And like, and just be like realistic about it because like if you're, if you're not restricting yourself Monday through Saturday, you don't really feel the need to... Go out and have go a out and like yeah. go crazy. Go out, have a good time. Like that's what life is about. It's about like being social. It's about eating. Like if you're anything like me, I'd love food. Yeah. But if you if it's gonna if you're gonna restrict yourself and then just go like crazy on Sunday, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just kind of have a little bit of the things that you kind of love in moderation if they're not if they're not unhealthy and just kind of avoid that altogether. Mm-hmm. You won't have those cravings. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Don't be restrictive. And what's number three? Three is actually a little more scientific. It's under eating. So people, you know, some people are really, really great about diets and they're super motivated and they will cut out, for example, they'll cut out their carbs. And what happens after long periods of not eating enough, our body goes through something called metabolic adaptation. Um, It essentially, like it's, it's a fancy way of saying like your metabolism slows down. So your body almost kind of set to the to the food that you're giving it and will not lose any more weight because it's not necessarily sure that you're going to give it enough to sort of do what it needs so that's when people people refer to it as like a plateau Mm -hmm. um so they'll be like well like i hardly like eat anything and i just don't understand like why i'm not losing weight or you know if they do it long enough they'll actually start gaining weight so that can definitely happen with like long terms of like long-term um calorie restriction Restriction. and that is I've seen so many people do diets and stuff like, and when it's only calorie counting, mm-hmm. and even myself included. And the number, when you're so obsessed with that one number, um, which it tends to be really low, or yeah. what, what's prescribed by certain diets, it's like, okay, here's 1,200 calories for a day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't see that working for a lot of people. No, especially if you're active, absolutely not. Um, yeah. yeah, and people get, like, so I have like, I want to actually say like, 80% of the people I work with are under eaters. Um, 
which is wild. So like for those people, what we have to do is we almost have to just fix their metabolism. So we can't focus on any weight loss, any body fat loss. We have to spend however long it takes just fixing that, just sort of training it to start to start burning again. Um, is that more common, do you think, with women than men? Or have you seen both? I've seen both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, you know what, I would, I, it's really both. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think women are more prone to it. Um, because they're more conscious of like when they, you know, when we gain a little bit of weight, we'll just like, okay, we'll just like eat a hundred calories less or whatever it is. But no, it definitely happens to guys too. That's so interesting. So those are the three and just give us a quick background. When did you first realize you were interested in studying this kind of thing? So I was like the kind of person who never knew what they wanted to do growing up. You know, I went through high school and was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll be like a doctor or a lawyer just because like those were kind of like, well-respected professions. I, I wasn't, like, passionate about anything. I went into college getting to, and I just, like, literally, like, the last day that we had to choose our major, I chose my major, and I chose English because it was, like, so broad, and I just, like, couldn't commit to something. Um, I kind of went through college and came out of college, and, like, it was super hard to find a job. English degrees are, like, great. It's great to, like, know how to read and to and write, write. And, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and be critical, um, but it's not something that translates well to the job market. So after that, I decided to go to grad school um, and I studied journalism, thinking that, you know, I can get a journalism job. Um, And that was great. And I like worked in that field and I learned a ton and it was super fun. But I ended up working at a executive search firm, which was a little bit, you know, different than magazines. But I was doing a lot of their media relations stuff for a while. So they ended up, that was a great job. You know, I was pretty comfortable there. Not something I was like super passionate about, but, you know. It tied in what you're had studied what he'd studied in the past. exactly were you active growing up were you in sports and I, I played volleyball for a little bit but no not so like I've always loved to sort of lift weights um but I wasn't I was just like I was one of those kids that was like very focused on working and like going to school I was like very studious and like any time that I wasn't studying I was working so um that's kind of how I spent my teenage yeah. years so you're driven but not necessarily in not with focus one fo- yeah, yeah one path exactly um and where did you grow up um I grew up in Virginia most of it oh you did yeah oh cool and then you how did you end up here so I was born in, on an American base in Saudi Arabia my mom was um working for the Air Force and my dad was an airplane engineer or is an airplane engineer they moved to New York which is kind of where their family is um so I spent a couple of years in New York and then in high school I moved to Virginia spent um all of my high school years in Virginia, all the way through college, and then I went to grad school in New York. Um, Did you go to uh, college in Virginia? Yeah. Undergrad? Yeah. I went to George Mason, oh, in, yeah. um, like right outside of D.C. Yeah. 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 So I moved up here because I got married, and um, I was working remotely, and the company um, was kind of going through a rough time, so I ended up getting laid off, and they gave me a severance package. And so that was the kind of point that, like at that point, I had been coaching CrossFit just for fun and stuff. Um and that was a point where I realized, like, hey, you have, like, a couple of months to just, like, try this nutrition thing out and see if it sticks. And when was that? That was recently. Yeah, it was November of, like, not last November, the November before that. 2016. 16, yeah. So then just talk me through your CrossFit level one. When did you get that? Or, or when did you, because you liked weightlifting, but how did you find CrossFit at first? Um, Through Living Social. <laughs> Oh, just, yeah, yeah, same with me. Okay. Yeah, it was, um, I, so I always knew, like, I love to go to the gym. I love to be active. Um, I was hearing a lot about CrossFit. I wasn't, like, really sure what, what it was, but then I saw this, like, $50 for a month. Um, so I, like, convinced my friend to, to do it with me. I sat outside of the gym my first day 
for like 20 minutes like trying to talk myself to go in because I was like that scared I saw like people doing pull-ups in the window and I was like oh god it does have that intimidation factor it yeah. totally does yeah just the name cross it people are like I can't do that I'm not strong enough to I know it's it like it's so much more you know if you go to like a, a gym class like at Equinox or something it's all females you go into CrossFit, there's like a lot of guys and like they're all doing pull-ups. They're all like super macho and I, I, it's super intimidating, but it's like the, like I forced myself to walk in there like every single day for seven days. I was like, you just need to come in for seven days. After like the third day, I was like, I'm hooked. Yeah. No, so. I, that's exact. I know exactly that feeling. Just being like, I don't need to do that. I don't need that. I don't yeah. need to go in there. That's too much. I'm just going to go to yoga or something. I know. It's so funny. So then you obviously loved it and then decided you wanted to coach. At yeah. some point. Was that pretty quick where you're like, wait, let me learn how to... I was toying with the idea of opening up my own gym for a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was like, let me get my level one because I knew I was moving up here. Um, there was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Ardsley, New York, but mm-hmm. it's um, it's an area that doesn't have a CrossFit gym. It's pretty um, affluent. So I was like, that'll be kind of a great spot to, to open up a gym. So I was looking at that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I connected with like the current gym members. Um bill a yeah. dynamic and just started kind of coaching there yeah so, so for people listening uh, living social is like a groupon kind of site where they'll post or i guess businesses will post deals to get people in and it's worked for both of us at the table so if you are any interest in trying random things you should check out groupons living social because they'll give you real places that might turn into your you know hobby or career it's true such a good little tip okay so you ended up um in Connecticut and then you got laid off and I remember meeting you at this time and I knew you were a writer but that's and I knew you coached and I thought yeah. that was cool like she coaches CrossFit on the side that'd be such a fun thing to have um but then I remember you getting laid off and I remember being like I can't imagine what that must be like I know I was but, super upset like yeah I just wasn't like I knew the company was kind of slowing down a little bit but it was it was definitely um it felt like out of nowhere especially it was like right before Christmas so I was like oh my god that's like wild but and for some people that's a a huge obstacle it is a huge obstacle either way oh yeah it's way worse for some people you turn it into you use it as an opportunity to start your passion yeah which I know is like so that's like I you know that's like something people say and like you never really like believe it truly happens but like it happened like it was I was like I remember waking up the next day and feeling like I had no purpose and it's the best thing that ever happened to me so do you think you would have started it on your own while working full-time or do you think it was really this full you know I think I was forced to do it because I um I'm not a risk taker um entrepreneurial life is like yeah it's very like it freaks me out still um but yeah so like I needed something to to push me here Yeah. yeah and had you already taken some nutrition classes on the side up to this point or had you already been kind of playing with the idea of yeah I mean so I so like a lot of people who like first start CrossFit do the paleo diet because it's it's sort of a um, a great way to just sort of cut, cut junk out of your diet. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, paleo is it's a pretty pretty much like eating a diet heavy in um, like proteins, vegetables, um, a little bit of fruit, nuts, seeds, things like that. So there's there's no processed foods, no dairy, no sugar, no alcohol. So it's very um, restrictive in that sense. So I was doing it because um, I wanted to get better at CrossFit and I kind of wanted to, I wanted the like aesthetic look of like all the hard work I was putting on at the gym and like that's that's a really big point and I think that's what exactly what you do capitalize on your um business it's like 
if you're going to be working that hard at the gym every day and you're not working hard in the kitchen, which is so much, you're eating so much more than an hour of your work. You work oh, out yeah. for an hour, but you're eating so much more throughout the day. And if those choices don't align, it's like that work's not going to show. 100%. <laughs> and you're not going to be as strong. It's amazing. Because you're not like, fueling your body the right way. 100%. It's like you will, like, so if you go into CrossFit and you... Like your first 10 months, you are probably going to PR and get stronger because you're just, you're making like neurological adaptations, but there's a point where like you really need to clean up nutrition. It sounds like just something people say, but it's something that I've seen like firsthand. And, and I guess like, so, so what my point was like, I was doing paleo for a while. I was working out really hard one day at the gym. I just remember like feeling so depleted, like doing paleo was great. I did cut out a lot of the junk, but I was like so hungry all the time. So tired, so sluggish. Mm. So I remember like working out one day and Bill was like, he was coaching and he was like um, cheering me on and he yelled at me to pick up the bar. And I remember walking up to the bar and I, for the first time in my life, I walked away and I was like, I can't finish this workout. I was just like shot. I had like nothing left in me. Hmm. So at that point, like I was like, all right, something's got to change because I've been doing this paleo thing for a while. Like I feel like, okay, I don't feel great. Um, and I also like, like I don't have abs and I literally don't eat any chocolate, any sugar, any alcohol, any, you know what I mean? Like mm. I was like kind of frustrated. I was like, I yeah. just, I don't look like I work out. And like by fate, for some reason, like my old coach from Virginia, um, posted a donut she was eating at a nutrition seminar. And I was like, oh, okay. Well like now I'm intrigued because I just really want someone to tell me like to eat a donut. It'll be okay. Yeah. Um, cause it was like, I think I was like eight months paleo. But it's not for everyone. And you realize that. You felt it. It's not, like, yeah. this is not going to work for me. It's great for um, beginners at CrossFit because they are cutting out a lot of the junk, so they will just naturally feel a little bit better. Um, but you need carbs for, for CrossFit. It's just any sort of high-intensity activity is, is fueled by carbs, so you need them. Um, so that's interesting, the donut thing, because if you guys end up uh, checking out Georgette's Instagram, because she has a donut picture, yes. like with a donut, and, I'm, and that's such a, it must have been such a relief to mm-hmm. see something like that and be like, this is not the enemy. Eating 10 of those every single day or even having a donut every single day after you work out, that's not going to help you. We all know that. Right. I mean, right. so you saw the donut picture from yeah. your previous gym. Yeah. And I and like... What was her message behind that? So she, um, Nicole Caperso, she's like a, she's like a national level weightlifter. She's um, like a CrossFit regional athlete. Like she's pretty... Um, well-known and so she was doing a nutrition seminar about macros and like I was less like I was intrigued by the like learning about nutrition thing but like I really just like wanted a donut and to not feel bad about it like that's I'm not joking that's like really why I signed up so she was like going to Brooklyn like the next month so I signed up for that and I went and she brought donuts and like I just remember like eating it and just being like so happy because she like explained to me why I don't need to feel bad about this donut so like she taught me a lot of stuff and I just sort of teaching and learning myself um, and I implemented it on myself and I saw like immediate results like I remember and like you can't eat like junk every day it's just it's it it's gonna catch up with you but like I remember going for a one rep max deadlift and like before my workout I had a pop tart and I like remember PRing my deadlift and I was like so stoked I felt great like (laughs) I was like this is just so awesome so um I sort of like coached myself and then I started coaching friends and and you know people were would start asking about it so yeah. it kind of naturally turned into like a business idea and how did you come up with the name feel your fitness obviously it's pretty literal but yeah what gave, what gave you that god it, i'm not joking i think i spent three months and like pages and pages and pages of like all these different names and until like this one stuck i just like would just read them out to people and they'd be like no i don't like that i like this i don't like that I like this so there's no like 
story behind it, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's kind of just like the it one that's It does work stuck. really well. Yeah, and I mean, it, I figured nice it was like... It's too. I know. Yeah, FYF. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> what was it like starting this? I mean, who were people saying to you, I don't know what, why you're doing this, or were people like, this is such a good idea, keep going? People think you're like super weird for like tracking your food. So like my mom was like, my dad like started to think I was like having, I had like an eating disorder. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like after a month, he was like asking me for nutrition advice because like he saw the physical difference. He saw like, like I would tell him like, oh, I did this at the gym or I did this at the gym. The sort of non-believers started asking questions. So like, and I started like just coaching friends. So I coached um, Pete, who's one of the coaches at our gym as well. Um, and he was already in great shape. He was very low carb. Um so I sort of convinced him to eat carbs and he like four years in, like still is getting stronger and faster and better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill, the owner of the gym, he did it too. And he lost some weight on that as well. So they were kind of like my marketing almost mm-hmm. like, yeah, May as well. May is um, a member at our gym and she um, lost a lot of weight on her own, um, but was looking for more of that like defined athletic look. So I helped her get there. Yeah. And she so it started phenomenal. with you and people kind of started picking up on it. And then you were like, Hey, do you want to try this for me? Exactly. Like try counting this way, counting your macros this way. So it's what, what's a macro? Um, a macro is a protein, carb, or a fat. They're, they're just called macronutrients. So, macronutrients, um, yeah, right. exactly. So your protein, carbs, and fat are your macros. Um, and micros are like all your vitamins and minerals. Okay. So yeah. those are the three things that you need in your diet. You right. can't cut – well, in this method, you can't – shouldn't be cutting any of them out. You need all three. It just is a matter of proportions. Yeah. It, it sort of depends. Everything is super individual. So, like, what I do is I, I do a consult with the client. We figure out exactly um, what they're looking to do, what they struggle with, what their, like, training modalities are. Like, some people really do well with just, like, a very high-fat um, diet, and that's fine. But if you're a crossfitter, that's not fine. So it just – it kind of – depends on sort of you and your modality of training Mm -hmm. but yeah like you can eat whatever you want so i'll just give you a certain amount of protein carbs and fat you can fill that up however you want obviously i recommend like 80 to 90 percent of your diet is like whole nutritious foods especially if you're you know going for performance gains but yeah aesthetically like your body recognizes um an apple and peanut butter the same way as it recognizes a donut so you have to get the whole picture of somebody understanding how active they are for somebody who works and sits down all day mm-hmm. but works out in the morning is that considered an active lifestyle or so like even if you are just training like one hour a day you still need to take that into account make sure you're fueling properly for that but yeah like if you're um if you're sitting down the rest of the day I don't want to like get too technical but like your intensity multiplier goes down and, or if you're just like if you're like a coach and you're standing most of the day that not like super active not breaking a sweat um, your intensity multiplier sort of stays the same and then if you're super active we'd we'd increase that intensity multiplier so okay and that's how you come up with the right uh breakdown of fat protein carbs exactly. based on all of those things yeah i think you need a scale i know you have to yes. weigh your food yeah is there anything else that people need to do this um we use the my fitness pal app mm-hmm. um it's generally a free app but if you want so the goals that i would give you you would get the premium version for um and it'll allow you to custom put in goals and Every time that you track your food, um, it makes it also just super easy because there's like a barcode scanner. It has a really, really large database. It has nutritional information for like big restaurants. Um, So that tool in itself is like super, super helpful. Can you use that on a computer or do you need a smartphone? No, you can use it on a computer. That's good because I I, I know that app is free. It's very – I think it came out – it came out a while ago and it was just calorie counting at first, I think. And it was a way to keep track of everything that you were eating. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I think it's grown. Oh yeah, Under Armour bought it recently. Oh, um, so now it's like it's just like it's a monster. Yeah. It just keeps getting better and better. And then how do you? 
advise people, like, what are the other things that matter besides counting the, the food um, and working out? So you yeah. do those two things. What else is a factor? Um, it kind of depends on, on the person. So if it's someone who's, like, very new to macro counting, I try not to overwhelm them. But, like, if you're a performance athlete, we'll talk a lot about nutrient timing. Um, when you should eat what to sort of perform your best and recover. We talk about supplementation. We talk about um, fiber, um, hydration, all that kind of stuff. So it really kind of depends. Yeah. And then we talk a lot about biofeedback. So all my clients will check in with me weekly. And I want to know about any changes in like energy levels, sleep, digestion, like all of that kind of stuff can come back to nutrition um, and it's stuff that we can fix. So yeah. um, it kind of just runs a gamut. And what about going out to eat, going to a restaurant? Yes. So that's, um, that's one of the most common questions that I get. It's so... This is the thing. You can't take this way of eating and become obsessive with it, right? So when you're home and you have a food scale available, it's great. Be exact. When you are like weighing your chicken, for example, look at what like four ounces of chicken looks like. That way when you're out to a restaurant, you can look at things and you can sort of eyeball. You'd be very surprised about how um, accurate your guesses could be. And I feel like if with steak and stuff, sometimes it's sold by how many ounces it is already. Yeah, so like I I teach people to use their hands to estimate portion sizes. So if you, like for example, make a fist, that equals about a cup. So you can use that if you have like rice with your meal, um, vegetables, things like that. So if you make a fist, that's around a cup. If you open up your palm, the palm size is about three ounces of protein. So you can use that to measure like chicken, steak, fish. And then like the tip of your thumb is about a tablespoon. So you can sort of estimate sauces, dresses, dressing, olive oil, things like that. Um, and then the tip of your index finger is like about a teaspoon. And obviously give or take if your hand's like massive or tiny. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Cool. You always want to make sure that you have your servings of fruits and veggies. But if you have someone who's like an athlete and who has a really high carb number, it's okay to eat things that are more like calorie dense. So those things would include like quinoa, rice, sweet potatoes, potatoes, things like that. Mm-hmm. So be a good carb source. And what's your take on sugar um people be really conscious of that i don't give people a sugar goal unless there's a reason to so if they have like some sort of condition that they need um just to kind of keep track of i just recommend that you know if if 80 to 90 percent of your diet is healthy whole foods so they're things that are that you buy from the perimeter of a grocery store you probably will be okay with the sugar and not have to yeah track it exactly if you you, um if you are like buying a lot of processed foods or things that are in the aisles then yeah you probably want to look at that that's good to know. And how much does a food scale cost? Where do, where do you get that? You can get them for like 10 bucks at Walmart, yeah. Target, Amazon. They're super I see, expensive. I can see yours um, yeah. from where we're sitting. She's like a nice shiny <laughs> yeah. food scale. That's cool. So that's like, that's essential though. You have to weigh yeah. everything. You have to know exactly how much you're putting in of what. I mean, to be fair, I have clients who like, you know, travel a lot or work a lot. And I have like one client who's never used a food scale since he started and he is 49 years old and has like a six pack now so i definitely always recommend starting with the scale and then kind of weaning yourself off of it if you need to otherwise like people just don't like i didn't have any concept of what like four ounces of chicken i don't think most people do yeah because the ounces is i mean in liquid it makes sense like okay that's about a cup of water that's eight ounces but when it comes to food it's kind of hard to know how would you know if you didn't weigh it do you eat in a day Um, It kind of depends on when I work out. So my workouts are, if they're super early in the morning, I won't eat anything. I'll just eat something after. But if they're a little bit later in the day, I'll have like a carb and a protein um, before and then a carb and a protein after. And then after that, I'll have a meal with with carbs, proteins, and fats. For me personally, I 
eat like an English muffin um, with laughing cow cheese, like two eggs. Like I'll, I'll just like list off what I have today. Two like veggie sausages and a banana protein shake and powdered peanut butter. That was my <laughs> breakfast. Post, it's a really large post breakfast. workout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's like what I like about this is like, back to what we were saying about calorie restriction. I know for me personally, learning a little bit about this through other people's stories, I have learned that it's not about restricting. It's about giving enough of the right thing so that your body can make the most of it and then turn it into, I guess, muscle. Exactly. As an end goal instead of fat. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of it storing the food in the wrong way. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, and if you're, like, super active and you're going in and you're really, like, hitting the weights, if you're not getting enough protein, like, you're not really giving your body what it needs to recover and to sort of rebuild. And the same thing if you're not getting enough carbs, you're not getting enough fuel for those workouts. Um, so there's – it's it's kind of important to know the quantity. Like, I know people focus really highly on quality of food, and that is important, but, like, you need to know the quantities yeah. of your food because no matter, like, how great and how green your salad is, like, if you're not getting enough of what you need, like, you're, you're just not going to get the aesthetic or performance goals that you're looking yeah. for. And what's your favorite, like, lunch if you have everything in the fridge? What do you make? Um, I make a lot of Skinny Taste recipes. And so Skinny Taste is – she's, like, a food blogger, and she – makes like very family friendly meals I'm trying to think of like one of her favorite recipes she does like a really good coconut shrimp recipe that i'll like have over rice um, and that might be one of my favorite so we have events at the gym where sometimes we make food and mm. you bring something in and you say this is macro friendly what does that mean macro friendly generally means that it's not too high in fat carbs or like protein so it's it just it there's not like so for example let me think of something that's like not very macro friendly Mayonnaise is not super macro-friendly because it's just, like, purely fat. Um, Generally speaking, especially a lot of the people I work with um, have more of a higher-protein, higher-carb, lower-fat diet. So Mm -hmm. that we would consider not macro-friendly. But it is a little bit relative. So if there's someone who is, um, like, an endurance athlete, triathlete, they'll have less carbs, more fats. And that, you know, mayonnaise might be macro-friendly. Might work for them. Exactly. Okay. So it's like a good balance. It's like nothing exactly. too, no, no too extreme. Right. I guess, do you snack a lot? Because I'm wondering, like, how does that... Um, I I eat a thousand calories worth of snacks a day. Wow. Yeah. In between your meals. Yeah. Yeah, I eat, a, I eat a lot. I really like food. One of the things I always, always, always have is I have a treat around two o'clock with my coffee. And that's, like, now the cycle is um, chocolate-covered pretzels. So oh I'll gosh. have some of those. But I kind of cycle through for a little bit. It was like Twix. Um, (laughs) Anything in moderation is fine. Um, For me, it's just kind of like the point in my day where I get to kind of take a step back and sort of be mindful and just really kind of enjoy like sort of the the thing that I have in the most moderation. Mm -hmm. Um, I have plenty of vegetables. I like that. The thing you have in the most moderation, but you enjoy it. So it's like a ritual. It's like... Exactly. I'm going to really love these Computer turns off like... TV's off and I'm like, I'm there with my chocolate and my coffee and I just kind of enjoy it. So how do you not turn that one, you know, handful of pretzels into like the entire bag? Being restrictive and then like you were saying, having a taste of something that you shouldn't or think you shouldn't and then it just, you love it. You're like, I want this, I want the whole bag. I'm going to eat everything. And yeah, so that's (laughs) the thing. I know tomorrow I'm going to have the same thing. So like I don't feel the need to eat 20 of them. Yeah. I like pick out my eight because that's the one, you know, how many I fit in for today. And I just, like, enjoy every single bite. And, like, when I'm done, because I have I was mindful when I was eating it, I don't feel... You know, there's, like, a, a, a big difference between, like, people who sit in front of the TV and, like, munch on things and, like, before they know it, it's, like, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super important to even just, like, adapt adopt habits of being mindful of the things that you eat, especially yeah. the things that you can't have a lot of. 
Let's talk about your go-to things, like just the favorite protein bar. Um, I don't love protein bars just because, like, typically speaking, what they put in protein bars is, like, bottom of the barrel, like, protein powders. They're just, like, not great. Um, and then they charge an arm and a leg for them. Exactly. I like the zone ones because typically, like, the protein bars, too, are just, like, so full of fats and, and carbs, and they're not just, like, protein. They're Like, you can look at a protein bar, and the macronutrient breakdown will not be, like, very dissimilar. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be, like, very similar to, like, a Snickers, for example. But, like, they, you know, maybe they have, like, an extra five grams of protein, so they'll, like, mark it as a protein bar. But they're, like, fine. Like, the zone bars I've had before, and, and those are good. Um, I'm not a big, like, protein bar person. That's good. Um, and what about protein powder? Do you have that every day? Not every day, but generally speaking, it's kind of the easiest way to get in my, like, post-workout protein. So I do. I have a couple of favorites. The one that I use the most is Noble Nutrition. Um, noble, like, Noble... Noble. 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 N-O-B-L-E. Okay, Noble, not Noble. They actually, so they were, my two former coaches started that nutrition line. So they gave me samples, and it's probably one of the better tasting and, like, more cleaner um, proteins. So it's kind of one that I stick with. Do you ever get sick of talking about food? No. No, I, like, I write about food, I talk about food, I cook food, I eat food. Like, it's just, I never get sick of it. It's great. And you have a good mindset around it, so I think that's awesome. Yeah. And my last question for you about your business is what, what's been the biggest change and where do you see it going? I definitely, I've never thought that it would be where it is today. So I think I went into it with like no real goals. Like I was always look, I was always like really considering um, finding a second job, but it was just something that thankfully like has been doing really well. So I don't have any sort of monetary goals. I, I obviously would love for it to grow, but I think like the impact is a lot more important. I think like fixing people's relationships with food, teaching them to not feel guilt and also just like optimizing their metabolism, you know? Cause like when, when people want to lose weight, like we might cut them for like six months. Um, but then we go through a process called a reverse diet and we like, we like train their body to eat more. And so when you do that, you, you give them more long-term results, right? Because like you, that metabolism is optimized more. So that way, even if you do have a really indulgent vacation or, you don't track your macros. Um, you're less likely to put on that weight as as opposed to like if you were to cut out carbs mm-hmm. and then start eating carbs again. Yeah. So. And what would you say was one of the biggest obstacles you overcame to start this business? Probably my own mindset. Yeah. I mean, everything was very like I had a really good support system. Like I have friends who are entrepreneurs and they really helped me a lot as far as um, learning and giving me books and, and giving me resources. So yeah, like I, I think I had, I was lucky enough to have like the support system that I needed. It was just a matter of getting, believing in myself enough to like let it grow. You know, some people are like, and I, I realized this about me, like I'm scared of failure, but I'm also a little scared of success. So it was just a matter of like going, you know, going over that hump. So yeah. And just yeah. going with the flow. Exactly. Yeah. And for people local to Fairfield County, how can they find you and contact you? Um, you can find me on my website. It's www.fyfnutrition.com. The Instagram is Fuel Your Fitness Nutrition. And my email is georgette, G-E-O-R-G-E-T-T-E, at fyfnutrition.com. And home to Dynamic Athletics. So Correct. If you're near Darien, Connecticut, you can come meet Georgette in person. Yeah. And have one of those consultations so she can get you the well-rounded plan that is specific to your lifestyle. Exactly right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today Thank you. for this. Very interesting, very informative. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to try it. I think 
you'll be a believer when you even see the before and after pictures of people it's true who have done people this. have done like such a great job it's so. really incredible transformation so yeah definitely check her out and there you go that was episode six thank you so much georgette for sitting down with me you guys know how to contact her definitely check her out on instagram go to her website and reach out to her so you can start your program i don't think you're gonna regret it um yeah super inspired by people like her especially women entrepreneurs i give them so much credit i think it's amazing more power to women thanks so much everyone see you next week (laughs) 